Chapter Seventeen of A Daughter of Today by Sarah Jeanette Duncan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. I am sure you are enjoying it, said Elfrida. Yes, Miss Kimpsey returned. It's a great treat. It's a very great treat. Everything surpasses my expectations. Everything is older and blacker and more interesting than i looked for and i must say we're getting over a great deal in the time yesterday afternoon we did the entire tower it did give one an idea but of course you know every stone in it by now i'm afraid i've not seen it elfrida confessed gravely i know it's shocking of me you haven't visited the tower doesn't that show how benumbing opportunity is to the energies now i dare say that i miss kimsey went on with gratification coming over with a party of tourists from our state all bound to get london and the cathedral towns and the lakes and scotland and paris and switzerland into the summer vacation i presume i may have seen more of the london sights than you have miss bell as miss kimsey spoke she realized that she had had no intention of calling elfrida miss bell when she saw her again and wondered why she did it but you ought to be fond of sight-seeing too she added with your artistic nature elfrida seemed to restrain a smile i don't know that i am she said i'm sorry that you didn't leave my mother so well as she ought to be she hasn't mentioned it in her letters in the course of time miss bell's correspondence with her parents had duly re-established itself she wouldn't elf miss bell she was afraid of suggesting the obligation to come home to you she said with your artistic conscience you couldn't come and it would be inflicting unnecessary pain upon you but her bronchitis was no light matter last february she was real sick my mother is always so considerate elfrida answered reddening with composed lips she is better now i think you said oh yes she's some better i heard from her last week and she says she doesn't know how to wait to see me back that's on your account of course well i can tell her you appear comfortable miss kimsey looked around if i can't tell her exactly when you'll be home that is so doubtful just now they're introducing drawing from casts in the high school miss kimsey went on with a note of urgency in her little twanging voice and mrs bell told me i might just mention it to you she thinks you could easily get taken on to teach it i just dropped round to one or two of the principal trustees the day before i left and they said you had only to apply it's seven hundred dollars a year elfrida's eyebrows contracted thanks very much it was extremely kind to go to so much trouble but i have decided that i am not meant to be an artist miss kimsey she said with a self-contained smile i think my mother knows that i-i don't much like talking about it do you find london confusing i was dreadfully puzzled at first 
i would if i were alone i'd engage a special policeman the policemen are polite aren't they but we keep the party together you see to economize time so none of us get lost we all went down cheapside this morning and bought umbrellas two and three apiece this is a most reasonable place for umbrellas but isn't it ridiculous to pay for apples by the pound and then they're not worth eating this room does smell of tobacco i suppose the gentleman in the apartment below smokes a great deal i think he does i'm so sorry let me open another window oh don't mind me i don't object to tobacco except on board ship but it must be bad to sleep in perhaps said elfrida sweetly and have you no more news from home for me miss kimsey i don't know as i have you've heard of the reverend mr snyder's second marriage to mrs abraham peely of course there's a great deal of feeling about it in sparta the first mrs snyder was so popular you know and it isn't a full year people say it isn't the marriage they object to under such circumstances it's all that goes before said miss kimsey with decorous repression and elfrida burst into a peal of laughter really she sobbed it's too delicious mr and mrs snyder do you think people woo with improper warmth at that age miss kimsey i don't know anything about it miss kimsey declared with literal truth i suppose such things justify themselves somehow especially when it's a clergyman and of course you know about your mother's idea of coming over here to settle no said elfrida arrested she hasn't mentioned it do they talk of it seriously i don't know about seriously mr bell doesn't seem as if he could make up his mind he's so fond of sparta you know but mrs bell is just wild to come she thinks of course of having you to live with them again and then she says that on their present income you will excuse my referring to your parents reduced circumstances miss bell please go on your mother considers that mr bell's means would go further in england than america she asked me to make inquiries and i must say judging from the price of umbrellas and woolen goods i think they would elfrida was silent for a moment looking steadfastly at the possibility miss kimsey had developed what a complication she said half to herself and then observing miss kimsey's look of astonishment i had no idea of that she repeated i wonder that they have not mentioned it well then said miss kimsey with sudden compunction i presume they wanted to surprise you and i've gone and spoiled it to surprise me elfrida repeated in her absorption oh yes very likely inwardly she saw her garret the garret that so exhaled her where she had tasted success and knew a happiness that never altogether failed vanish into a snug cottage in hampstead or surbiton
she saw the ruin of her independence of her delicious solitariness of the life that began and ended in her sense of the strange and the beautiful and the grotesque in a world of curious slaveries of which it suited her to be an alien spectator amused and free she foresaw long conflicts and discussions pryings which she could not prevent justifications which would be forced upon her obligations which she must not refuse more intolerable still she saw herself in the role of family idol the household happiness hinging on her moods the question of her health her work her pleasure being the eternally chief one miss kimsey talked on about other things windsor castle the abbey the queen's stables and elfrida made occasional replies politely vague she was mechanically twisting the little gold hoop on her wrist and thinking of the artistic sufferings of a family idol obviously the only thing was to destroy the prospective shrine we don't find board as cheap as we expected miss kimsey was saying living that is food is very expensive elfrida replied quickly a good beefsteak for instance costs three francs i mean two and five pence a pound i can't think in shillings miss kimsey interposed plaintively and about this idea my people have of coming over here i've been living in london five months now and i can't quite see your grounds for thinking it cheaper than sparta miss kimsey of course you have had time to judge of it yes on the whole i think they would find it more expensive and much less satisfactory they would miss their friends and their places in the little world over there my mother i know attaches a good deal of importance to that they would have to live very moderately in a suburb and all the nice suburbs have their social relations in town they wouldn't take the slightest interest in english institutions my father is too good a citizen to make a good subject and they would find a great many english ideas very trying the only americans who are happy in england are the millionaires elfrida added i mean the millionaires who are not too sensitive well now you have got as sensitive a nature as i know miss bell and you don't appear to be miserable over here i elfrida frowned just perceptibly this little creature who once corrected the punctuation of her essays and gave her bad marks for spelling was too intolerably personal we won't consider my case if you please perhaps i am not a good american mrs bell seems to think she would enjoy the atmosphere of the past in london it's a fatal atmosphere for asthma please impress that upon my people miss kimsey there would be no justification in letting my mother believe she could be comfortable here she must come and experience the atmosphere of the past as you are doing in a visit as soon as it can be afforded i hope they will do that since the day of her engagement with the illustrated age elfrida had been writing long affectionate and prettily worded letters to her mother by every american mail 
they were models of sweet elegance those letters they abounded in dainty bits of description and gay comment and they reflected as little of the real life of the girl who wrote them as it is possible to conceive in this way they were quite remarkable and in their charming discrimination of topics it was as if elfrida dictated that a certain relation should exist between herself and her parents it should acknowledge all the traditions but it should not be too intimate they had no such claim upon her no such closeness to her as nadi palichki for instance had when miss kimsey went away that afternoon trying to realize the intrinsic reward of virtue she had been obliged to give up the national gallery to make this visit elfrida remembered that the american mail went out next day and spent a longer time than usual over her weekly letter in its course she mentioned with some amusement the absurd idea miss kimsey had managed to absorb of their coming to london to live and touched in the lightest possible way upon the considerations that made such a project impossible but the greater part of the letter was taken up with a pleased forecast of the time couldn't it possibly be next summer when mr and mrs bell would cross the atlantic on a holiday trip i will be quite an affluent person by then elfrida wrote and i will be able to devote the whole of my magnificent leisure to entertaining you she turned from the ceiling of this to answer a note from lawrence cardiff he wrote to her on odds and ends of matters almost as often as janet did now he wrote as often indeed as he could and always with an amused uncertain expectancy of what the consciously directed little square envelopes which brought back the reply would contain it was becoming obvious to him that they brought something a little different in expression or feeling or suggestion from the notes that came for janet which janet often read out for their common benefit he was unable to define the difference but he was aware that it gave him pleasure especially as he could not find that it was in any way connected with the respectful consideration that elfrida might have thought due to his forty-seven years if mr cardiff had gone so far as to soliloquize upon the subject he would have said to himself in my trade a man gets too much of that i do not know that he did but the subtle gratification this difference gave him was quite strong enough at all events to lead to the reflection the perception of it was growing so vivid that he instinctively read his notes in silence paraphrasing them for janet if she happened to be there they had as it were a bloom and a freshness a mere perfume of personality that would infallibly vanish in the communicating but that left him as often as not when he slipped the note back into the envelope with a half smile on his lips janet was conscious of the smile and of the paraphrasing in reprisal though she would not have admitted it was that she kept her own missives from elfrida 
to herself whenever it occurred to her to check the generous impulse of sharing the pleasure they gave her which was not often after all it was the seldomer because she could not help feeling that her father was thoroughly aware of her action and fancied that he speculated upon the reason of it it was unendurable that daddy should speculate about the reason of anything she did in connection with frida or with any other young lady her conduct was perfectly simple there was no reason whatever why it should not be perfectly simple when miss kimsey arrived at euston station next day with all her company to take the train for scotland she found elfrida waiting for her a picturesque figure in the hurrying crowd with her hair blown about her face with the gusts of wind and rain and her wide dark eyes looking quietly about her she had a bunch of azaleas in her hand and as miss kimsey was saying with gratification that elfrida's coming down to see her off was a thing she did not expect miss bell offered her these they will be pleasant in the train perhaps said she and do you think you could find room for this in one of your boxes it isn't very bulky a trifle i should like so much to send to my mother miss kimsey it might go by post i know but the pleasure will be much greater to her if you could take it in due course mrs bell received the packet it contained a delicate lace headdress which cost elfrida the full pay and emoluments of a fortnight mrs bell wore it at all social gatherings of any importance in sparta the following winter and often reflected with considerable pleasure upon the taste and unselfishness that so obviously accompanied the gift End of chapter seventeen